crazy it took us an hour and a half to do the collab <laughs> hi welcome to a rockstar it sucks my name is carl kuhn you may know me from my various music projects which include museum mouth my solo project gay meat and then my brief and slight involvement with the band say anything my name is becca high and my favorite nut is the pecan <laughs> pecan vibes all right i i say Pecan, you say pecan. I don't say pecan, I say pecan. Pecan. They're so delicious and underrated, I think. My hot take, nuts, nuts like that, those kinds of nuts, they don't really taste like anything. Oh my god, pecans are the only ones that... Okay, you have to refine your palate, Carl. All nuts have their own taste. Peanuts suck on their own, but add them to pad thai delish almonds are slightly sweet uh walnuts can be they kind of can make your mouth feel weird and they're not sweet i don't walnuts are a hard one to crack (laughs) (laughs) oh my god the pot is officially canceled Um, all of our corporate sponsors are now jumping ship they're like literally jumping off of the ship they're drowning in the bay um pecans have the most distinct flavor i'm sorry that's it okay no 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 you do you want to talk about nuts for the next hour and a half be my guest sometimes you feel like a nut sometimes you don't is that mounds and almond joy i don't know um what i had something i i had something really insightful i wanted to say about nuts oh about my unrefined palate and basically all i was all i was gonna say is that the only food that appears (laughs) delicious to me is food that looks like it should not be eaten you know when the tide pod thing was a crisis Mm -hmm. i am the exact market that tide pods appeal to in terms of dinner <laughs> He's taking the mic away. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um. <laughs> I wished I wasn't videoing that. Oh my god, that was so good. Okay. If this makes the final cut, um, listeners, my cat Ham just reached both of his paws up, grabbed the <laughs> mic, and really slowly pulled it down to the ground. <laughs> of course, I couldn't stop him. Oh, my God. Um, you, okay, so you like gross food. You'd be, yeah, I love... You'd be eating, like, kid cuisines these days. <laughs> <laughs> Leave me alone! Okay. Okay. Anyway, this week is a journalism app, and um, oh, I wanted to somehow work that we were making history into this app too, but I don't remember how I was going to do it. <laughs> making history, <laughs> as in, I'm not on the floor anymore, y'all. That's right. Oh my god. Okay, stop. Okay, another history-making app of the pod this week. Um, in the fact that. Becca has now graduated off of her closet floor. She has a rolly desk. She is now up, elevated inside of all the coats surrounding her, no longer underneath them. And for that, we celebrate. And then next week, I'll have a new mic as well. 
Yeah. And she'll be she'll be sitting in a chair that's so tall her head is hitting the ceiling. So listeners, stay tuned. But anyway, again, journalism ep of the pod this week. We're tackling an album that we kind of chose it nonchalantly, but the minute I had to start doing my research, I realized that this is kind of a big task. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I will say, this is like a little warning, a little spoiler note. What is it called when you do like a, a disclaimer? This is a disclaimer on the product today. My two degrees of separation from one of the men in this band gets closer and closer every year. So I have to watch my mouth today for fear of ruining potential business, um, potential business in the future. I don't know. I'm worried because I do, I have some, I have some hot takes on this album, but I really respect this man. I respect both the men in this project. And um, that would be the post That would be, here, let's stop. <laughs> we, let's say it again so I don't interrupt you. Because I was going to get to it. Oh, sorry. You were taking too long. I know. I was taking it literally an hour and a half later. We talked about nuts. I intro the pod and now it's <laughs> over. Um, but that band is the... Let's Can we trade words back and forth? Uh, sure. You know how I'm well gonna... this like different clapping went in the beginning. <laughs> let's find out. And that album would be Give Up by the... Postal. Service. (laughs) Becca, this record came out in 2003. I was 10. That is crazy. What the fuck? It's not like I was listening to this, though, when I was 10. More like middle school years. And that kind of, you know, that's a segue to a topic that... Um, is really important with this album. This album has kind of transcended time. It literally, this album could have come out in 1991, and I feel like people would still be shitting their little pants about it in 2020. It's just like, this band doesn't ever need to make another record because they made a perfect album I from the get-go. forget about them a lot, but my friend, my dear friend, made a joke when... Mail-in voting was in trouble, and she posted on Instagram. It was like, save the postal service (laughs) with, like, a postal service song. And I was like, that's good. That is, yeah, that's very good. Highbrow comedy, comedian vibes. Um, I think... I have... I I just want to also get this out. I got some things I just need to expel before we start talking about the songs. I think this band is cool, but I think that this band enabled a lot of music collaboration that is whack and uncool. I think that this sort of long distance trading of, you know, songwriting ideas and project files has enabled a lot of musicians that are, um, you know, kind of maybe in like a songwriting rut or maybe just lazy to kind of collaborate in ways that are really uninspired and uninspiring in my opinion. I feel like there was a trend for, I feel like it happens every year, a couple times a year, where two songwriting juggernauts will be like, hey, I collabed with my friend on this song and it's on like this comp or, you know, we made a band camp for it, it's on Spotify today, you should go check it out. And it's like literally a logic drumbeat 
just literally Kyle the drummer in Logic, just a loop of him playing the same four on the floor beat with like the weakest, cheapest soft synth sounds and like the most like vocals, like very like whispery. I'm I, I hate that I'm ranting about this, but it's just it's do you it's tired. Do you have any specific examples no i will drop no examples because i have friends that have done this and i don't want to drag them on my beautiful podcast Uh, all right well my stomach literally just turned you probably hear it on the mic i'm like i just i needed to say these things i need to make my peace on this topic confessions is that what it's called in like catholic faith what is Um, it yeah you go to confession yeah, you do confession, you do your um your first communion. I did that. My family's Catholic, so I did like some of the goofy little stuff around it before I just became a deviant spawn of Satan. But Okay, so this record was released on Sub Pop and it's one of their highest selling albums of all time it's the second sub pop release to ever go platinum thank you wikipedia uh pitchfork placed give up at number 104 on their list of top 200 albums of the 2000s and then rolling stone ranked the album at number 86 on their list of the 100 best albums of the decade those are truly wild accolades for a band that made one album and tbh i don't get it i okay thank you (laughs) wow thank you i really feel like i'm trying to understand why this has such a wild cult following because i definitely when it came out since you know we're using this pod to kind of view through a retrospective lens when this album came out i really did like it and to be totally honest i liked i became a fan of such great heights and like this album before i knew who death cap was this was my entry my entry point to death cap for cutie because i remember this is like a cute little anecdote i remember i was hanging out with some friends and i was singing a little bit of the sound of settling by death cap and then i was like okay like you know like we'll just play it was like pulled it up download on kazao i like play it for some friends and they're like this sounds like that song by the postal service and then through like that i was like oh wow we're like connecting these dots i don't remember what we used to connect those dots i could you google back then i don't even know but um ask jeeves yeah yeah we asked jeeves and he said yes you stupid fucking loser children (laughs) this is the same man singing um i mean from my perspective, I feel like it was used on a lot of commercials. It was on a commercial for the actual U.S. Postal Service. I remember <laughs> hearing Such Great Heights on a fucking M&M's commercial. <laughs> and fucking M&M's, their commercials used to have the best music. I discovered there was one that used an old song called Color My World that I was obsessed with and then Such Great Heights and then they had to like go and sexualize the M&Ms and ruin it for everyone. They used to be really cool. I'm 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 pro the sexual sexualization of M&Ms. I think that that's actually one of the coolest things that's happened in culture in the last 20 years. 
if you don't want to fuck the green M&M, you're a, Shut you're asexual. <laughs> You don't wish you had her her bod? <laughs> Roly poly bod. <laughs> her beautiful green hard shell bod. Um Oh my god. B O D for me. Um yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't I just don't get it. And I do think there are a lot of cool things happening. You know what? Let's just fucking get into it. Come on. Okay. Let's get into it. You ready? I have one more thought, though, about why okay. so many people were into this album. And it it's okay. like their only and first venture into, air quote, indie music. Yes, Queen. Yes. Speak on that. And so they're like, they've never heard anything like it because their music taste is so narrow. And then this gets introduced into their palette and they're like, wow, this is so cool and creative. And these lyrics are like so deep and like, wow. Yeah. If indie rock was like a nuclear factory and we were always trying to keep it underground and stable, this album was a point in time where the buzzer was going off, the clock was at zero, it, everything was melting down. There was a huge meltdown in the indie rock factory, and the mainstream came into indie rock with this, most definitely. Mm-hmm. It's kind of wild. Do you think... Okay, like, okay, I'm making... Listeners, I'm I'm creating a line graph with my hands right now, so you can't see it. But do you think that the the death cab trajectory was like this... Do you think it was like going up like this? And then when the Postal Service record came out, it kind of like plateaued because, you know, it was like Death Cab wasn't releasing music and the Postal Service was. But then when the Postal Service blew up, it took Death Cab and made it go straight up. Do you think so? Could you do you agree? Confirm or deny? Um, Because it felt like to me, I feel like transatlanticism kind of came out right around the same time as this. But I feel like the lead up to plans by Death Cab was like, it was like an insurmount. It was like the Great Wall of China. It was like so long. Everyone was freaking out. It was so impressive. People look at that record and they're like, yeah, one of the eight wonders of the world. <laughs> Death Cab for Cuties plans. Don't leave that off the list. It's like so crazy to me. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyways. I'm let's... not forcing you to agree. I just... I, these I are... literally have no deep thoughts on that okay well let's fucking let's chop it up let's get into the damn album okay so give up by the postal service opens with track one the district sleeps alone tonight becca how do we feel about this song um it's cute even though it's about ben's girlfriend moving to washington dc it's definitely more interesting and good headphones to listen to. I first listened to this album walking around Lake Merritt in my ear pods and couldn't wait for this album to be over, to be honest. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. And then I listened to it here at home in good headphones the other night and was like, okay, this is a this is more interesting. They're obsessed with panning. Shit. Yes. It- well, Jimmy Tamborello, the like person who like kind of produced this and made a lot of the instrumentals, if not all the instrumentals, um, his project Dentel is something that I, I think I kind of got into Dent- into Dentel with this 
band in this album as well, kind of like a working backwards type thing. Because I remember thinking that that kind of panning when I was, what, how old? So young, 13, 14? I remember thinking that was like really cool and like interesting. And I will say the the original version of this record that came out in 2003 and then the remastered version, the remastered version goes a little more buck with the panning, but also like makes some of the sounds that are more buried, more prominent. Obviously it's a remaster. And I think I like the remaster more. And that's so rare. That almost never happens. When things get remastered, it's usually like, leave it alone. It was good in the first place, but. Yeah, when it's extreme buck wild panning, that shit gives me vertigo. (laughs) It's so off-putting. I'm like, ugh. can't handle it i feel like that kind of technique stuff is like it's good in small doses and it's good if you're truly only making an album that is meant to be consumed when the person is under the influence of drugs right and it also has to do with the context of what it is you're panning those synth tones are usually like have a really sharp attack and so it's just like i don't know it's not like the toms in a lesson in crime <laughs> that's buried and you only notice if you pay attention to it that someone is going crazy with the panning <laughs> knob yeah it's definitely not subtle in any way shape or form um but i don't know i think jimmy tamborello is incredibly talented obviously his success is I feel like very warranted. Um, And I watched a video today of him talking about uh, his home studio and making this album. And he, his delivery of his words, his cadence when speaking is so, it's like adorable. It's like, I feel like he's never rushed to say a sentence in his life. I love that. Meanwhile, yeah. Meanwhile, I just did it. Meanwhile, I like literally can't stop talking. I like speak from the heart loud and fast all the time. I bulldoze every conversation I've ever been a part of. I'm just like, okay, maybe I could learn a thing or two about production from Jimmy, but also about being a good human. Question That's mark? how I feel about me trying not to say like all the time to fill space when I'm trying to think of a word. I am trying so hard in this episode. I guess I'll only find out when I'm mixing it, if I succeed. But going back to the panning scent, you know what? (laughs) You know what came to mind? What? Is back in the day when you would share your ear pods with someone listening to an iPod. One in your right ear and then the other one in your friend's left ear and how fucked up it would sound (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's really good that's gossip that's cool we love that that's a throwback for sure I feel like this record and um this record kind of coincided with the popularization of the iPod so I feel like a lot of listeners probably did experience this record in that exact way mm-hmm. we should get together one day and do a exclusive where we we <laughs> listen to this record like that and comment just solely on what we're getting through our one year pod uh people really think these lyrics are so deep and speak to them yes they do holy hell and Everyone's like, 
I was the one worth leaving. That really hit me. I'm like, well, you're sucks for you. Yeah, you're probably depressed. You probably need to seek treatment or some sort of therapy. You know, no one is perfect in a relationship. And if you can't see your own flaws, then maybe you shouldn't be. Um, maybe you should just work on yourself. Everyone can work on themselves. Gee. That's what I'm trying to get at. This is now a relationship advice podcast <laughs> featuring I think- the Postal Service. Yeah, Ben Gibbard and Jimmy Timberell are actually on the pod. They're waiting in the wings. I just haven't let them into the meeting yet. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Um, are there any lines in this song that I particularly love or particularly find disgusting? No. I think Ben Gibbard is one of those people that I feel like at the time when he was like, you know, penning a lot of these songs, it was kind of new and exciting and cool. I feel like now we've had watered down versions of like Ben Gibbard imagery uh, shoved down our throats for years in terms of indie rock. So it's like almost hard to view the lyrics to this record through the eyes I had when I was 13, 14 and 15 and obsessed with this, his songwriting and this band. So I don't know, as a teen reading, as a teen hearing these lines, I'm sure I thought they were so cool. The backing vocals, that's Ginny Lewis, right? She does background vocals on a lot of songs on this record. Um, I don't know if she's on this one in particular. I found... uh, Oh yeah, it says backing vocals, Ginny Lewis. I found on YouTube a really great video of them performing at the Greek Theater in Berkeley. And she and it was for their 2013 reunion tour. And Jenny Lewis is performing with them. Does it rock? It rocks. Everything she touches rocks. Yeah, she's cool. I know um, the wiki makes a. Uh, it goes out of its way to point out that um, Ben Gibbard cold called her, and I quote, "cold called her" to do background vocals on this record, which is. I don't know. I mean, I feel like their paths probably cross. Is that really a cold call if you're like peers in the same industry? That's how shit worked back in the day. I was just thinking the other day how fucked up it is trying to get a job these days. Because first of all, you likely need internet. Second of all, you need however many years of experience when back in the day our parents could just walk into wherever they wanted to work and be like, hey, hire me. And then they'd get a fucking job. And even though their degree was in something like history, they get a job in marketing and then (laughs) climb up the levels and become a CEO or some shit. Anyways. Yeah, ease of access has definitely oversaturated probably every market known to mankind. But uh, you know what? This isn't a podcast about marketing. This is a podcast about music. And we're talking about the Postal Service. In general, you know what? Let's, Let's wrap this song. I think this song serves as a great intro track. And I'm gonna say this song rocks. This song rocks. The ending, uh... Oh, yeah. When shit, like, starts popping up, starts popping off, we get the four on the floor kick and the snare and everything. I'm like, okay, yes, 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 That's what takes it to the level of it rocking. 
Yeah, that's one thing I will definitely say. These two people know how to structure a song so well. They get it. They really do get it. And that build up at the end of track one leads us into track two. Such great heights. This was used in every commercial. I like the iron and wine version. I don't think I've definitely heard it in passing, but I've never sought out Wait. an Iron and Wine song ever in my entire life. Actually, the Iron and Wine version is the version that was in that M&M's commercial. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, I thought you would love this because isn't it about missing someone on tour? <laughs> You do know I love a song about tour. Have you ever, did you know I've ever, I've been on tour before? Did you know that about me? Is it a song about tour? I've always just kind of viewed it as like long distance relationship, but I guess, you know, tour the distance is always changing. There's something about being out there on the road when you're out there when on you, the road yeah. for several weeks of shows. Yeah, I guess I subconsciously knew this was a song about tour. Do you think this is actually autobiographical? Do you think this is him writing about a certain someone? Mm, I I feel like I read somewhere that he said only two of the songs on this album are actually autobiographical. You know what? And hearing that, it, it shows on this album. Honestly, I think these lyrics are really good. They do a really good job of, of painting uh, scenery and setting, and the imagery is... It's easy to see in your mind. <laughs> it's easy to imagine the imagery. This song is a monolith in culture. Oh yeah. This song is like this song is on par with like um the cha cha slide and mambo <laughs> number five, honestly. <laughs> in terms of plays, I'm sure. This is like in any given day in like the last Kmart on Earth, you can hear Mambo number five playing over the speakers, followed by such great heights by the postal service. Speaking of Mambo number five, I, I hate to bring this up again, but when I was in Australia, I heard that song every day on the radio. What? No joke. Same station or different stations? Different stations. <laughs> <laughs> I have some friends that are out there right now. I'm going to have to reach out and be like, hey, you guys listen to the radio recently? That song is alive and well down on that. Wow. Is Lou Bega from Australia? Do we know? I don't know. I wonder. You know how like you can hear a Tom, a Tom Petty song on any radio station anywhere in the United States? I wonder if it's like that for Lou Bega. I wonder if he has that kind of national uh, synchronicity behind him. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um. Okay, this song, you know what? It would be sacrilege for me to say this song sucks. Oh, people would be coming for you. Yeah, they would. You think you think you think um the drag race girls have it bad? You think they get death threats? If I said this song sucked, oh my god, I would have burning cat pee thrown at my house in glass jars. I was trying to just think of something bad and that's what I, came out of my mouth. I feel like <laughs> People who thought this album was groundbreaking are now obsessed with Tame Impala. Ooh, <laughs> yes. Wow. I'm going to get got. Oh, my God. Yeah. Tame Impala. I don't. When I worked in the record store, oh, my God. You would think Tame Impala was paying her fucking mortgage there. It was, like, insane. <laughs> it was, like, so just, like, 
literally anytime we were like filling out the order it'd be like oh yeah six copies of inner speaker you know they'll fly out of here tomorrow it's like what yeah i don't know that's like the the same reaction of people back in the day to this album there's a new breed of them and it's tame impala fans yeah, it's like this record introed the populace to Ableton and the concept of EDM. And then Tame Impala has introed the culture to um, like white boy funk music. Sad, bad, sad, sad, bad. Anyway, I think anyway. the song rocks. <laughs> <laughs> the same. Okay, track three, Sleeping In. Oh. Was that a good uh, or a bad uh? Okay. Let's dive in. (sighs) Matt LeMay from Pitchfork declared the lyrics of this song thoroughly cringeworthy. And I have to agree, especially when it comes to verse two, the reverb on his voice sucks. Uh... (laughs) It's boring. I can't get through this entire song. Uh, the fucking acoustic guitar in there ruins it. <laughs> also, side note, he talks about who shot JFK, and I recently listened to an episode of a podcast that talked about the babushka lady, which I never knew about, did you? No, I don't. Those words have never, I've never heard those words used in conjunction with John F. Kennedy. There's so many conspiracies around that whole situation. And there is someone called the Babushka Lady who apparently shot JFK. Okay. Okay, Carl, what are your thoughts on this fucking song? I think, you know what? If this song. We're talking about central conflict in music now. Felix from Told's Land has introduced me to <laughs> this concept, something I have never really thought of. Um, if the central conflict in this song is that Ben Gibbard plans on sleeping in, I mean, this song's not going to wake anybody up. <laughs> also, yeah, last week I had the strangest dream. He's just talking about like the dream he had. Dude, people talking about their dreams is literally, that's like the fucking cockroaches of Everyone conversation. Everyone says that, but I love telling people about my weird fucking dreams. Be- that's because that's because everyone loves talking about their dreams. Listen, no one wants to hear about them, though. Carl, but listen to this dream I had the other night and tell me what you think. Okay, Someone we'll go off. Ready. was threatening me and said, pick your top three Dixie Chick songs of all time. <laughs> and I was very stressed out and panicking and I couldn't do it. Did you wake up and you peed the bed? <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that story is anticlimactic. I like that. When we write that into our show that we're now working on as of four seconds ago, I'm going to make that, that scene end with you peeing the bed. <laughs> i've been thinking I, about it ever since if that situation I mean, can you comes answer it now true, it sounds like you've had time to marinate what's your answer no i don't i'm still marinating <laughs> well tell me when the roast is done we'll throw it in the oven um i think 
I I remember, okay, you know what? Since we're using a nostalgic lens, it's the podcast. You know the podcast. I liked this song a lot when it came out. I feel like most of these songs I definitely loved when they came out because it was like, it was new sounds to me. Again, I worked backwards through. When I worked backwards through the Dintel discography, um, I remember, I mean, I hadn't heard a lot of these songs, these sounds before. So I like this a lot. All I'm trying to say is I like the song when it came out, but I think it sucks now. Verse two. I love that you you talk shit about the lyrics. You're like, the lyrics are bad. The reverb is bad. You just like came for it all. The reverb on his voice is honestly atrocious. It's. Is it room? Is it hall? Is it? It's one plate? of those that comes with Pro Tools that. <laughs> oh, um. But see, that's the thing is I feel like this was this record was so of the time. I feel like so much of of the kind of studio trickery and, you know, just the cards that this record is is playing are just so played out now. Don't you think? Yeah, but it's gotten better. Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, it's like it wouldn't still be it can't still be it wouldn't you can't get away with these tricks now. They're just everywhere. So it's like you have to do something different now. I don't I don't I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm just basically saying that I I think that reverb, that bad reverb, was probably the first time I'd ever heard it was on this album. And for that reason, I'm still gonna say the song sucks. I think you can assume what I'm gonna say. Alright, drop it, you ready? The song sucks. Boom! Okay. Track four. Track four is called Nothing Better. I like the tones this song opens with. Yeah, they're they're like kind of um they're like a little distant sounding. They're like kind of ice blocky sounding, but they're very distant. I think this song I was just gonna say, I think that this song sounds like you're um you're in a little plane and you're on another planet and you're flying around and it's icy. You know, there's ice there's like stalagmites and stalactites of ice, you're in like a little cave. And then when it all kicks in, you land and you're in someone's face and you're talking to them immediately. You arrive where you need to be and your your protagonist and antagonist are chatting. But you don't know which one's actually the protagonist or the antagonist because it's obviously a duet. And um, both people are telling their side of the story. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a very distorted, atmospheric underbelly to the main melody happening in this song which I enjoy but I absolutely despise these lyrics like this song would be great if it weren't for the lyrics fucking oh I just cringe when he says tell me am I right to think that there could be nothing better than making you my bride and slowly growing old together yeah it's not cute making you my bride girl I'm gonna make you my fucking bride (laughs) no no you're not Uh, to be so confident and then fucking the when when the girlfriend comes in she has to make like a fucking slideshow 
about why <laughs> this relationship sucks. She literally shows up with her PowerPoint ready. She's like, uh-uh, Benjamin. Like, this is why I'm breaking up with you. Honestly, and when you view it through that, when, yeah, I mean, that's literally what it is. You don't have to view it through a lens. That's just truly what the song is. And in that regard, I think it's really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Imagine. So please back away and let me go. I can't, my darling. I love you so. Um, imagine <laughs> that you're being dumped. I don't have to imagine that because every relationship I've been in, I've been the one that has been dumped. Stop. But I accept it. It sucks. Imagine if I were like Ben Gibbard and I was like, no. But I want to make you my husband, and we'll grow old together, and I love you so. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, it's like, it's desperate. This song reeks of desperation. Musically, it's so cool. Lyrically, like, you know, I they're selling desperation, and I'm buying it. So in that regard, it's good. It makes no, there's really no way to say the song could possibly have any other adjectives that could describe it lyrically other than desperation. So if that's what they're selling, which I do believe they're selling, I'm buying it. And in that regard, I kind of think the song is good, but I think that the world could do without this song. (laughs) Right? Like, the song would be great. It would be quote unquote good if it weren't for the fucking lyrics. It would be quote-unquote rocks, but the lyrics makes it quote-unquote sucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Well, okay, I can totally get behind that. This is, you know, I'm giving the music here a toot. I'm going to say the music rocks. I'm going to say the lyrics sucks. And, you know, if this band enabled a lot of bad music um, just in how this band operated... Uh, this definitely enabled a lot of bad imagery and songwriting from a lot of desperate men, dare I say. It's not a cute look. It's not a cute look. Ben Gibber definitely needs to repent for the straight men he's enabled with his faux romantic, faux intellectual songwriting. I mean, we'll get there, but he is obviously a hopeless romantic. Yeah, I don't like those words. When people say those words, sometimes you see those words on like dating apps. You see people talk about being a hopeless romantic on Twitter or something. I'm like, I don't ever think about those words. Like, I don't, that concept is like foreign to me. I'm I'm like hopelessly romantic in terms of I'm hopeless about hopeless period. (laughs) (laughs) Romantic sometimes. (laughs) Yes, that's my bio. Hopeless, period. <laughs> Romantic sometimes. That's actually so cute. I would write safe on that. Wow. Okay, cute. Yeah, put that in the notes, queen. Okay, this, let's just move on. The next song. Oh, I will say, I want to say one thing about Nothing Better. I feel like it wasn't really publicized. At least I didn't know until like, I mean, I definitely knew it wasn't Jenny Lewis's voice, but I feel like there's some Jen Wood erasure going on with this song where you really kind of have to dig to find out who is the duet with, you know? Oh my God, the cat just literally attacked the the headphone cord. Is she she trying to take the mic down again? 
he might be i don't know he's always plotting i'm like do you hear my tone of voice i live in fear of him <laughs> um okay track five recycled air when i was taking notes on listening to this record this was the first song on my list that i was like you know what this song is really good okay what i'm gonna say is you take this instrumental and yes. you give it over to the lovely ladies of our boss Simone, and it would oh, rock. Oh yes! <gasps> if this was an our boss Simone song, I would really love because it. they You're would right. not write such awful lyrics as "teenage lovers beneath the sheets." Yeah, you know what? I don't. I definitely didn't read the lyrics until this very moment. And I definitely was just, uh, the instrumental is so gorgeous. It put me under a spell. <laughs> I was spellbound by the instrumental okay. of this song. It's very good. Okay. Okay. All right. All right, Carl. All right. Yeah. That, I, I, that's how, that's, that is my justification for thinking this song is very good. I was under a spell. When I, next time, I, if I ever have to go to court for any reason, I'm just going to be like, judge, I was under a spell. Bell. Oh my god, okay. Benjamin Gibbard. I'm rooting for this song because the instrumentals are good, but Ben has to ruin it with his lyrics. But also, the guitar tone that comes in at the end also ruins it. I mean, you could have been a bit more creative and make it so much prettier, but it's like the most basic plug my electric guitar into an amp and play. It's like the big chords, right? It's like the big whole note chords. It's like bling, and it like rings out a little, and then Wait, there's like another I'm, one. You're gonna play a little. He's playing like a little melody. Oh, is it a little melody? Like, one of the songs. One of the songs that has some like ringy outy chords literally sounds like they plugged a Strat into their M audio box and used a like Garage Band amp that was on like clean reverb setting. Yeah, that's that's the same tone that I'm talking about. Yeah, that's a boot, unfortunately. Ba, 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 ba. The song was written by some sheep. <laughs> <laughs> when you give the sheep the mic. <laughs> I think <laughs> I will say <laughs> ba, ba, ba. Oh my god, yes! <laughs> Listeners, there is a sheep on the pod! I think the this the second verse, the knuckles clenched to white as the landing gear attracts for flight. My head's a balloon inflating with the altitude. Okay, literal airheads candy vibes. Right? I don't like... <laughs> I don't... It's so literal. Wow, this song is incredibly literal. Right? Okay, so I was listening to it earlier, putting this little desk together. And without thinking about it being about flying, I was like, is this about fucking? Like, (laughs) (laughs) I love that you and I are both secretly so concerned that every song is about fucking. (laughs) Like, knuckles clenched to white as the landing gear retract for flight. They're doing it. They're literally doing it. Inflating with the altitude. Oh my God, like the head of a penis. <laughs> I will say, oh, this actually brings up a great point. Um, in one of the episodes of the pod, we talked about like what a song does when it goes far and beyond rocking, right? Yeah. So my friend, my I think it's Be Your Own Pet app. My friend Nick says he immediately upon getting to that part of the app, like DM me and was like, oh, it fucks. 
So a song either either rocks or it sucks or it fucks. And I'm like, wow, you're literally you're getting a producer credit on the pod. Thank you. Wow, the song does not fuck. No, the song, the song <laughs> a is it it is not about fucking, and it does not fuck. The song is incel. Calm down, <laughs> release your cares. Oh God, the song sucks. Dude, if this if I ever saw this band live though and they played the song, I'd black out. I'd be so ecstatic. It's so pretty. Yeah. Once again, if Ben Gibbard didn't write the lyrics, like I said, bring in our boss Simone to redo the song and it would fucking rock. T we I can't wait to talk about that band on the pod. Oh yeah. Oh, some legendary ladies. We love them. Okay. Legendary. All right. So Moving on from Recycled Air to track six. Did you say if Recycled Air rocks or sucks? I kind of tried to to get away without saying. I think Or is it fine? I think, I think it's fine. This song is fine. I just, I, I can't divorce myself from that, the instrumental of this track. It's so beautiful. It's like, I don't want anything else out of a song. I, that guitar tone is bad. I second that. But I just think, like, you know, you put an, an, one more plug in on it, and this is a perfect song instrumentally. And unfortunately, that's like a C, so that passes, and I think it rocks. I'm so confused now. You went from it's the fine to it rocks. Okay, it's, it's, okay, let me explain my scale. Make up your pulling back the curtain fucking mind, Carl. <laughs> Okay, if you're looking at this like a test in school, hey kids, if you're listening to the podcast and you're treating it like a test in school, a D is technically still passing. D through C, in my opinion, is just fine. A and B rocks. Anything below D is an F, and that sucks. (laughs) That's my grading rubric. All right. You simply, you seem to not agree. I've never seen an eye roll that looked like that. Uh, one eye was rolling left, the other one was rolling right. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I do think my eyes go in different directions. So we can't have this conversation on the pod. I have like a long history of thinking that and then like realizing that that might be ableist, but then also being like, no, but definitely might do that. But no, it's ableist. But no, it's like not cute. It's like like how the first time I ever realized that like your phone went back in the day now instagram has kind of changed this whole concept but when you first got your first smartphone you took a selfie on the front facing camera and then you looked at it in your camera roll and it was flipped mm-hmm. did you ever have this oh yeah oh my god that it's kind of like that tizzy it's like that same feeling i get it every now and then when i start thinking about like what my physical appearance looks like and i just spiral out of control yeah best not to think about how your physical appearance is ever just yeah because you know what i've just given into the fact that like i could you could think i'm beautiful now or you could think i'm hideous now but i could always do something to change it and one day i will when i'm not (laughs) depressed and i don't spend 18 hours a day in bed i'm gonna change the way i look and you need to be ready for it all right i'm gonna get a hair transplant but i want the new hair to be green do you think i can do that yeah. What is what is a, an animal that has naturally growing green hair, and how do that I get a hair transplant that with that? Exist. I think it does exist. No, not with 
I mean, birds, but that's feathers. Could you imagine if I got green feathers plugged into my scalp? <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Drag. Oh, wait, what do you think about this song? I already Recycled said it's, it sucks. Okay, well, then I'll edit that part out and we'll just segue right into drag sex, queen. <sighs> All right. This is the epitome Track six. Track six. Clark Gable. It's like you're quizzing go. me. The <laughs> flashcards. Tell me. We got, it's track open. six. Quiz is... I'll give up. Postal service. Remember, what is it, Becca? We're grading. We're... <laughs> I'm not going to let you talk. <laughs> Stop. Okay. I just explained my grading rubric and the test is open notes, Becca. Okay. Complain a little more. Rate my professor. Track six is called Clark Gable. Hopeless romantic. Okay, literally, I will. I tech. I I listener. If full disclosure, I texted Becca on my first listen back through this record for the podcast, specifically for the podcast, and I said, "God damn, this is a good song. Holy shit!" You didn't say that. I didn't. I just said Clark yeah, Gable. Yeah, you what? literally and I just said texted me the, the words Clark song. Gable. <laughs> Assuming that you were studying for the open note test, Becca. <laughs> uh, I think this song is, it's ultimate. I, you know, I don't even. Want, I we obviously we're gonna we're gonna hash it up. We're gonna chop it up. We're gonna get into it from point A to point C. But I'm gonna allude to point C right now, and I think the song rocks. Okay. Okay, let's chop it up. What do you want to say about the song? I want to say picture. 12 year old me listening to the chorus of the song and being like I feel this so much being all down and depressed and you know is love is love real? I don't know but now that I'm older I really do feel it but not in the classic like romantic movie classic trope i guess i just not in a not in a clark gable style no just someone show me that love is real which i guess but everything on instagram is fake so is love real i don't know are you looking for love on instagram no i'm talking about like (laughs) famous people you follow like chrissy teigen comes to mind and i'm like oh chrissy teigen john legend like you are truly you are the you are you we talked about this on the pod you're like one of the only people in my life that keeps tabs on celebrities relationships Yeah, it's weird. I don't know why, but there is a podcast I love, and I feel like they're my friends, the ladies who host it, called True Romance, because they're the same way as me, and they love following, like, (laughs) celebrity couples and relationships. (laughs) That's really cute. I simply don't care about that kind of stuff. I'm too narcissistic. Oh, my God. Um, If either of them want to come on the pod, please. I want to be friends. Yeah, I'll add them. I'll add them. We'll get one of them on the pod. The pod is, the pod is filling up. Listeners, if you if you want to be on the pod, you need to get your name in the hat soon. Okay, our schedule's booked. We're booked and blessed. (laughs) (laughs) I want that on my shirt. (laughs) It's that's definitely on some drag queen merch at some Uh, point in time. um, Um, okay, Clark Gable, uh, the marker snap. 
and I yelled quiet on the set and the marker literally they do like a little snap like okay cute (laughs) (laughs) she does not like that she's saying no to that idea I mean there are some lyrics that do speak to me like like I know you're wise beyond your years but do you ever get the fear that your perfect verse is just a lie you tell yourself to help you get by. Like, that's good. Yeah. So. I well, you, I think the concept of being wise beyond your years is fake. That's not real. I feel like that gets thrown around a lot in relationships that are one person being really manipulative, typically to someone much younger than them. I say that having dated someone who is literally 50 years old, but that's, (laughs) I'm not pulling specifically from my one experience with that. I'm just saying. You are though. (laughs) (laughs) Because my mind never went there. Well, I, in queer relationships, that's like not that uncommon, like bigger, I feel like age gaps are more common in queer relationships and you hear that a lot in those sorts of settings. And you kind of have to take that with the, when you're like, when you're analyzing a queer relationship like that, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt where it's like, is this manipulative or is this like actually true? Is one, is the older person stunted? Is the younger person actually wise? You kind of have to really, you have to have your guard up a little more, I think. But Mm. anyway, I I think the movie imagery in this is incredibly corny, but I think that it really does a good job of, you know, setting the scene for the song. I feel like I always just talk about like the scene, the imagery of what the song is selling. Um, maybe I'll start grading it on a rubric like that. The song's on a rubric like that. But I truly think that like, I truly think the song is really good. And I will say this is kind of one of the more like upbeat rock songs on the record. Mm-hmm. It kind of, in my opinion, it kind of all leads up to this song musically. And then like from here after it's like a bit of like a downhill sort of trajectory not in terms of quality just in terms of like sonics and like the tone i feel like the record gets more mellow after this point yeah people be moshing at this song (laughs) at this song (laughs) Uh, at this song when they play this live mosh pit forms (laughs) i love the idea of a circle pit for a postal service oh man you know there's like at least four kids at any did the postal service like play a lot of shows they didn't Mm. you know at at the reunion show the one that's on the youtube when they played this you know there were at least four kids that are like all right come on pit's gonna break out any moment (laughs) any moment (laughs) this is kind of one of those songs that um and i i I need to backtrack a little bit too there's a what wave song was it god there was some song from the last app that we kind of like obliterated but i will say i think about it every day it's like one of the songs that like has like really stayed with me it wasn't super soaker i think it was maybe post acid it was one of like the full band songs off that record that i like literally truly do think about every single day of my life in terms of like the lyrics and like the melody and this song kind of is like that for me too where it's like any shit i talk about this song i still love it at the end of the day because it like you know, it permeated my brain. It's deeply rooted in my subconscious. It lives in my brain rent-free. And, um, you know, that's that. It rocks. Yeah, I think it rocks. Okay. 
Do you want to move on or do we want to? Let's become silhouettes. We will become silhouettes on track seven. The opening of the song is iconic. Talking about imagery, I have such a clear image of my head with the beginning of the song. And I see the end of a movie and the protagonist went through their downfall or struggle and then they get out of bed and the sun is shining and then there's like a lens flare on the camera and then it pans to their face and they do a little smirk and then the movie ends (laughs) (laughs) cloverfield but make it lifetime original I love, I love, I you know, I'm greenlighting your script, Becca. We start production on your movie tomorrow. At some point in time in your movie, you're going to have a dream where someone asks you about your three favorite Dixie Chick songs and you're going to be so stressed out because you're starring in the movie now. You're going to pee the bed, okay? <laughs> and then the movie ends. <laughs> yeah, all right, Paramount Studios greenlighting it. It starts tomorrow. Uh, We're filming it all on Zoom. Aside from the imagery, this song is straight up about my time in lockdown. For the past eight months. Really? Like, I'm not coming out until this is all over. I'm looking through the glass, aka my windows. I'm screaming at the top of my lungs because Pro Tools is fucking something up. And, you know, pretending that those echoes belong to someone else. Someone I used to know because... Shout out to getting dumped in the middle of a pandemic. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait till you start working that into every up. Oh my God. And right before getting let go from your job. Let go by frou-frou from your job. I mean, it's almost Thanksgiving and it has been tradition for me to get dumped right before Thanksgiving. But this time it was right before I lost my job in the middle of a Thanksgiving of. But anyways, okay, back to this, like, it's about a pandemic. Uh, It's about my time in lockdown, except this pandemic is something that causes you to explode. And I think that's a great way to go out. I mean, when he is singing, we'll become silhouettes when our bodies finally go ba 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 is actually him talking about bodies exploding yes <laughs> longest history and longest silence in the history of the pod well wow, i literally i'm i just can't stop thinking about bodies exploding i you know this song is very lyrically very ashen very barren very science lesson um you know to work in the lyrics uh our cells will divide at an alarming rate until our shells simply cannot hold all our insides in, and that's when we'll explode. Yeah. I told you it's Cloverfield. This is so Cloverfield. I cannot recall if I've seen that movie or not. Oh my God, Becca. I feel like we watched, we saw Cloverfield, we've seen Cloverfield together. Have I not stated that I literally cannot remember any movie I've seen unless I've seen it more than once? Can't recall. I think the song rocks. Uh, yeah. The ending of the song gets real good. And we'll become, and we'll become, and we'll become. Yeah, the canon on that is really. Another sheep song. 
Bye. The note. I. I was hoping you would tap into your perfect pitch while I struggle to find the ba note, but. Ba, 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 ba. She back karaoke. And we'll become. That's not even listed in the lyrics, though. Yes, it is. Is it? Yeah, scroll down. After the ad for Patron on Genius. <laughs> it rocks or it sucks is proud to partner with Patron. I don't have an ad on my genius. Well, I don't. I do mine's... This, I, this I don't. It's my... not on my genius, Carl. Literally, scroll down. Above the little icon for Facebook, Twitter, two little lightning bolts. I don't know what that means. An embed. It says outro. Yeah. In brackets. And will become. And will we'll become, become. And will become. And oh, it doesn't have the boss. It does not. Were you looking for the boss? Yes, I was looking for the boss. Oh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately, the sheep couldn't make it to the Ugh, keyboard to type them out. You just gaslit me. I was like, I'm <laughs> really so sorry. I didn't. We, it was simply a misunderstanding. <laughs> okay. I'm just kidding. Okay, so we'll become silhouettes. We both agree it rocks. Track eight This Place is a Prison. Becca, how do you feel about this song? Uh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Boogies in my nose. Um, shout out to Ben Gibbard for uh, squeezing the word candelabra into a song. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, you know. Do you think his... Do you think his I'm sorry to no. do you think his English teachers in high school liked him? He was definitely an AP English person. Do you think th- whoever do you think the Miss Cumbies of his life enjoyed teaching him? The Miss Harringtons of his life? Uh the Mr. Morgan. I feel like Miss Cumby would love him. Yeah. Do you think Miss Cumby voted for Donald Trump? <laughs> I think about this a lot actually. I've- <laughs> forgot about Miss Cumby, but every time I do think about her, aka this one time, I think about the time when I had to make up a test and she made me apple cider that was way too hot. It was like the McDonald's coffee <laughs> lawsuit level too hot. <laughs> Well, I, when I think about Miss Cumby, listeners, Miss Cumby was. Do you think she's probably in her sixties teaching us? Yeah, late fifties. Late fifties, late fifties, maybe in her sixties. Who knows? Um, one time she she came to class. One time she came to school and she had her hair pulled back and she was using one of those scrunchies that has hair on it, has like more hair <laughs> on it. <laughs> And it was one of those things where I was like, okay, lady, I've looked at you every day for the past nine weeks. I know for a fact that's like fake hair. Like, what kind of stunt are you trying to pull? And like, I feel like I don't it was like it was, it was at a time when that kind of stuff was like, obviously it was in. But like the kids in my classes weren't even doing it. I was like, Miss Cumby, what is this? Tra-? She's on the cutting edge of wearing the scrunchie with the hair attached to it. <laughs> it was like a different color than her hair, too. It was so strange. Um, but anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, uh, this place is a prison. I okay. I do like uh, how the dark, distorted scent sample is sort of contrasted with the prettiest synth melody tone. 
Yeah, this is kind of one of those songs that if uh, if I was given this instrumental, I would be like, I can't write lyrics over this. Like, this is not my place to write lyrics over. Like, I can't. It's like two. It, a, it's gorgeous. It, B, it's intimidating. C, it's like a little ominous. And it's like, I just don't think my lyrics, I couldn't tap into that those things inside of myself but it's it's basically like it's it's talking about being stuck in a small town yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah which i can relate to but i in general i don't it just feels like i know the cat is seriously going absolutely apeshit he's like (laughs) kicking me and clawing me he's like he's obsessed with me oh my god he's so obsessed with me um, is this the song that they compare um, some music critic compares this to like Bjork and they post about it it's like in the wiki under critical reception I think well like which Bjork what album are we talking about or song oh, let me see let me see let me see that's the name of the Bjork record <laughs> <laughs> that's how she pronounces that um, where is it Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. Critics compared it to the 80s synth pop and new wave genres, Pitchfork Media's Matt LeMay. I mentioned him earlier. Fairs, Fairs. I don't know who Fairs is. Fairs, they clearly wrote about him in the paragraph before that. Um, Fairs went on to liken this place as a prison to Bjork's recent work. Anyway, Bjork. It just sounds like Bjork. Uh, I will continue while you are doing this. I will continue talking about this place as a prison. There is a part in the song when the drums come in, and those drums are sick. The snare tone, the bounce off of that, or like the reverb, whatever, is mixed in the left ear while the hits are strictly in the right ear, which creates a cool mixing moment we love that um vespertine was the bjork record that came out in 2001 medulla is the one that came out in 2004 so it was like in that little sweet spot of her discography where i was not really i wasn't in the pit at the bjork show in those years for those albums oh my god excuse me just let out a horrible burp (laughs) (laughs) Um, normally this is where I would use the cat's tail as a mic as like a prop, but I have a real mic in front of me so you can't see the cat's tail. Oh, he's so cute. Look at him. Oh my God. Mr. Butt. I don't really know. I kind of think the song is a little corny. I feel like it's, it, again, it's, (laughs) the, the music is gorgeous. I'm like, I'm talking myself in little circles. How do you feel about the drums that come in? They're like I they're cool. They help the song. Yeah. The song is kind of moving at like a sluggish, like little cadence that like, you know, you have to like really like be there for it to like be picking up on it. And then when the drums like kick in, it's like, okay, yes, you yes, look yes. Like, listen. You look like that. I'm rocking back and forth like I'm on a boat. No, you look like that viral water. cat video where the angle is like right up on his face. Oh, where he's he, rocking and out. He's bopping along. That's yeah, that's me when the drums come in on This Place is a Prison by the Postal Service. I think um, the song is fine. I also think it's fine. I think that 
this song has kind of created a trope for like what a dark electronic song sounds like when a fan of indie rock or even emo decides that they have to venture into that territory. And that is a boot. But since this is the blueprint, I'm going to say this is a toot and the song rocks. Okay, moving on. Oh, I've opened 100,000 links and now I don't know how to get back to the wiki. What's after this song, Becca? What's next? Track number nine is Brand New Colony. Damn, dude. Boop, 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 Eight bit riff, baby. Boop, 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 boop. Exactly. Anna Managuchi before Anna Managuchi was Anna Managuchi. I. I don't get, like, half of the references you make. Oh, my God. Wait, you never had a, you never had a face with Anna Managuchi? How are you a hi, How are you in the high family? Wait, what, are you, high, what are you saying? Say it slowly. Anna, okay. Anna Managuchi. Anna Managuchi. Like the video Anna. game? No, the band. It's a band. That's a band. I yeah. always confuse it with that video game where you roll the sticky ball around and it gets Katamari Damashi. Yeah, I always confuse (laughs) (laughs) I mean they're both really cool things. So Um, I I understand how you I never listened to Anamataguchi. I Graham definitely oh my god. I feel like I only know about that band because of like Graham and our nerdy friends. I'm sure if I heard a Losers Band geeks. Uh, yeah, literal band geeks. They're like, yeah, French horn is cool, but have you heard Game Boy? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> 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 I wonder if that little tirade will get us more listeners or less <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I mean, that whole 8 bit thing is still going strong. Uh, there's a song I really like. Uh, that uses it. It's like oh, just thing. the song. <laughs> no, it's the band. <sighs> they crying. Yes. Oh my god. Yes, crying. Or yeah. <laughs> I was like literally thinking. I was like, yeah. There's a band that I like that does it too. What is it? And I was it's about only to it's, say it's their crying. song, Bodega. Yeah. Um. Have you? Um. Oh my god. Bodega might actually have the same exact melody of the opening of the song do you think so this is one of those things that like i remember loving 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 this song when it came out um i remember thinking i probably when i was first digesting this record this was easily my favorite song far and away it was like you know tortoise and the hare and it was like the hare it was running way ahead of all the other songs sorry it's um, the song it's called bodega run hold on i have i knew i want to say bodega sting but there's like what's the song that by crying that has the word sting in it hold on i'm gonna see if this is the same no it's it's not that was stupid um <laughs> uh one of your eyes looks black because of the lighting. No, turn your. <laughs> I'm clicking on different windows. I can't. I can't go because back because there's like natural light on half of your face, and then the other half is sort of in the dark. So your eyes look crazy right now. Oh wow! One of them really does look black. Oh my god! You know who I look like? <laughs> I look like Shelly from Hemlock Grove. <laughs> <laughs> Ha 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 ha!
<laughs> how much we bring up Shelly. <laughs> Google searches for Shelly from Hemlock Grove have risen 5,000% since we started this podcast. <laughs> she's our mascot. <laughs> yeah, she's running ads, actually. Oh, my um, God. Okay. Oh, okay, we're talking about Brand New Colony by the Postal Service. Um, he refers to a record player in the song as a phonograph. Gay. What are Gay. we in the 1900s? Oh, literally, that's like put your monocle on, Ben Gibbard, and write a better lyric. <laughs> literally, the Pringles man, the natural bohemian man. That's that's who writes words like that in their songs. Uh, Gay prospectors and um, steampunks. The the lyrics have the same sort of thing that Motion City soundtrack did where it's like you're the echoes of my everything you're the emptiness the whole world sings where it's like i'll be the grapes fermented bottled and served i'll be the fire escape that's bolted to the ancient brick where you will sit and contemplate your day yeah it's like poetic in a way that feels like um omniscient and that's that's like such a weird I don't ever want to be those things to anyone. I don't want to be the little things that you like run into throughout your day. I'll be the water wings that save you if you start drowning in an open tab. Nope. An open tab? Like the drink? Like you're drowning yourself in alcohol. Oh, yeah. Alcoholic vibes. I forget that sometimes artists write songs to appeal to that <laughs> demographic. <I just laughs> so much. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> We're like, de- like devolving into slugs by the end of this app. Ugh. I think this song, I mean, actually, you know what? I just said I don't want to be those things to someone, but I definitely am psycho and do. I want to matter enough to someone that, like, you know, post our breakup, they're, like, you know, fucking tying their shoes, they're dusting a lamp, and they're like, oh, but he used to love dust. Fucking hate <laughs> dust. Get out of here. I'm allergic to dust. Oh, my God. But... I was talking to my friend about how technology has come so far, but they have yet to invent some sort of laser that just obliterates dust. That's all I want. I, I feel like the testing, the trials for technology that intense cannot be good. I mean, they were saying that dust is matter, therefore it can't be obliterated. And was, like, it can't just be eliminated. It can't just disappear, which is disappointing. I feel like the technology, this is literally, we're getting into a scientific debate about dust right now, but I feel like the, like, zoom out, how did we get here? But I just feel like the technology that would obliterate matter like dust would have to, at some point in time, be, like, obliterating skin and stuff, which is not good. I did recently buy the best invention ever. Highly recommend, especially if you own plants and you need to dust them. It's literally like a dust glove. Oh, I have one of those. Oh my god, it's the best. Um. Anyway, Brand New Colony, I think this song is... Um. Have I said any songs suck? One. Yeah, I think I said have. one song. So. 
a couple of them. I was almost going to say this song sucks just so I could um, get a couple more sucks in before the record was done. <laughs> but actually, unfortunately, I think the song rocks. Uh, I think the song is... <sighs> I think the song sucks. Okay, yes. Yeah, the song sucks. I will... The Every song on this record has the most cringy genius annotations I've ever read. They sound like they were written by a philosophy major. Ugh. Ugh, yeah. Barf. Okay, anyway. Last song. Last song. Oh my god. We're on the last we're on the last track on Give Up by the Postal Service. That track happens to be called Natural Anthem. Very punny title. How? Because it's like a play on national anthem. Oh. I never Don't you think? thought of that. You go, how? Uh? <laughs> like, I don't consider that a pun because, I mean, what's the context of the song? Does it have to do with natural shit? Wait, have you, you, you haven't dug into the lyrics of this song? I'll write you a song and it won't be hard to sing. It will be a natural anthem. Familiar, it will seem... Rally okay, let me just let me just stop you. Let me stop you. Let me stop you. Because I want to say when I got to this song on our listen through, I had forgot that this was how the record closed. If you would have asked me, I would have been like, I have no idea what the last song is on the record. And when it started, I was like, Oh, this song is cool. It's good. It's cool. It's like it's largely based around like that two note loop that I think is like so. It's a little discordant. It's a little scary, but it's like beautiful and really fun and then as the song like picks up and goes you're like okay like i'm on a ride with this loop and it's like i'm still into it it's like really really cool but when the vocals came in i was like oh that's why i don't remember this song because i like block out the vocals because the vocals are not the lyrics are it's kind of whack the vocals sound like when i'm just like walking along making up a song about whatever it is i'm doing where i'm just like (laughs) i'm walking down a very steep hill and my hip hurts but there's a cute dog i want to pet it (laughs) like it's very much do you think it's like your inner monologue set to music do you think when you're like so deeply poetic that this is what your inner inner monologue sounds like because if so, I'm glad mine doesn't sound like this. It feels like it's trying to be so, um, it's trying to just be so, like, academic sounding. And I'm not here for it. It opens with the those crazy Powerpuff Girl drums, right? That are sampled all the time. You know what I'm talking about? It's the most sampled drum track of all time. It's uh, the Funky Drummer but sped up. Is it like the drum and bass drum thing? Like, do, do, get, get, yeah, get, yeah, get, yeah. get, get, like uh, the Nicki Minaj. What's the Nicki drum yeah. and bass song? <laughs> so it's, it's, it's the most uh, used drum sample of all time. Save me. Is that song called save me? The Nicki drum and bass oh. song? This time, won't you save me? This time, baby, I can feel myself god. giving up. We gotta talk get, about that get, record. Get, 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 um, yeah, oh my god, Pink Friday, Pink Friday, Pink Friday. We just celebrated an anniversary of Pink Friday. Oh my god. Uh, it literally was just Pink Friday, like, last Friday. What? Gotta get down on Friday. Yeah, this song does kind of have like a drum and bass type of, um, of backbeat, which is cool. I like, that's a, when, when I kind of like, 
when it was revealed to me that drum and bass was its own genre of electronic music, I was like, okay, but it's all the same then. And it turns out it's not, but it all is largely based around like a drum beat like that at kind of that tempo, which is monotonous, but it's neither here nor there. When you throw a drum and bass song on an indie rock record, it's kind of cool. Or you throw it on Pink Friday, it's kind of cool. They love placing some fake record static on their tracks, tell you what. Yes, that's like a Dentel like staple. And I feel like when you're making like largely instrumental music like that, it really works. But it's kind of one of those things that gets like a little cringy when it's like, you know, a weird almost pop song about um, workers unionizing or whatever the song is about. Going back to the lesson in crime vibes. Yes. Um, no, we can't. No, we won't. No, we can't. The imagery I get listening to this is, although I've never been to New York, I picture New York just chaos, dirty, fast-paced, get me out of here, but I do enjoy it. You've never been to New York? I've never been to New York. And the show I keep telling you to watch, How To with John Wilson, is basically about living in New York in sort of an offhand way. And it it, it makes me never want to visit New York. <laughs> Dude, I literally, I fucking hate New York. It just, not for me, I don't think. It seems like everything I hate. There's nowhere to sit down. There's so there's like one episode where the theme is covering furniture or whatever, and he points out how New York basically creates all this architecture to prevent people from sitting down on things or using things. And one of the things that gets me is all of the gates that are around the bases of trees. So, like, your dog can't even go pee except on the sidewalk. It's so... It's just, like, when you come from a place like you and I, like, you know, kind of like a rural, you know, say North Carolina, say any other sort of, you know, farming industry. Yeah, any sort of any sort of Nicholas Park safe haven state. Um, it's, like... I'm used to having meaningful experiences in my life at a certain pace. Like, you know, it's like I'm used to like my day feeling like a certain speed. I'm used to like, you know, building relationships with people that kind of take like a certain amount of time. They happen like, you know, at a rate. I'm used to things occurring in my life at a rate. In New York, it's like I'm, you know, it's always like you it's just, you experience a lot. You can go to the city, live your dreams, experience a lot. But I just feel like it happens so fast there that it's like you can't even like really like savor a New York the minute. fact that you're Yeah, it's a it, everything happens in a New York minute. <laughs> it's and a it Mary just, Kate it's a me, also movie. <laughs> to me, a New York minute is simply milliseconds and I like to savor my experiences. It's like you have to have such a good memory to like go to New York and be like, oh yeah, I experienced A through Z and it impacted me in this list of ways. It's like, no wonder everyone in New York is like, yeah, I'm like, my name is Jacqueline today, but tomorrow I'm Jackie. And then by next Thursday, I'm Jay. It's like, yeah, that's because you're like literally living 20 years every five seconds. Yeah. I mean, I would like to visit strictly just to eat all of the good food that is there. 
She's a foodie. <laughs> Listeners, she's a foodie. Shut the fuck up. No, I'm not. Um, She'd be taking pictures of steak. I do not eat steak. I do not care about steak. Uh, but like, I'm more interested in their pizza and okay, yes, their ramen and and that's another thing. There's just so much food everywhere bagels. in New York that it's like. When people are like, oh, yeah, you know, New York pizza, it's unmatched. I'm like, okay, there's pizza every five feet in New York, and it's all different. Okay, so, like, what is the New York pie? Serve me the New York Sabardo. pie. <laughs> what did you Sab- say, Smallville? Sabardo. Sab- <laughs> oh, Sabardo. <laughs> the chain restaurant in the mall. Uh, Yeah, also, if you ever look at their housing, because since I've been looking for a job since July and I'm open to relocating and there's a lot of jobs in New York. I looked on Craigslist and everything is so cramped and small for such a ridiculous amount of money. Every other day, some gay I follow is like, sublet my apartment. It's the best deal in town. It's like literally one and a half feet by one and a half feet. The bed is vertical against the wall. (laughs) You sleep with a couch pillow because that's all that fits in your little room. Literally, though, every picture you look at, you're like, how am I supposed to fit in there? It's so so cramped but i mean we sound we sound extra bumpkin in this moment and you know city listeners my friends that live in cities i love you i'm here for you i live in oakland yeah oh yeah you're a city girl but like oakland is nice because it's not an overwhelming city it's not it's like the perfect city for me but those like California cities are not like New York where it's like gross and like yeah. exploding. It's like you can own a car in these cities and it doesn't feel like, you know, you're paying rent on your car just trying to park it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, San Francisco is way different, uh, but there's so many different areas. And uh, but also if like anyone has a job for me in New York and I'm able to work remotely, hit me up. Uh, I, I'll i just move to another state on the East Coast. Give her a job. She wants a job. Yeah, this girl's job. looking for a job on the pod. Let's just, you know, natu- natural anthem. Okay. Back, back to the topic at hand. You should watch the video of them performing this live at the UC. Wait. The Greek theater in Berkeley, cause it's is it cool? It's cool. Okay, I do. I love this song. Again, this was one of those songs too that I was like about to text you when I was listening to it, cause I was like, oh yeah, this song is so rad. Unfortunately, the lyrics are it's it's annoying from me, but um, I do think the song rocks. I copy and pasted the best the top YouTube comment on that video of them performing this, and it says, "I always love watching Ben." Gibbard live because he always looks like he's just about to play his guitar but doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And then I watched it and I was like, oh yeah, they're right. (laughs) Uh, That song, I think it rocks. It's cool. It's a gr- I feel like it's such a cool way to end the record. Um, a lot of people, I read somewhere online, someone put this little idea, a little birdie put this idea in my head that listeners are trying to tie this song into the first uh, Jimmy Tamborello and Ben Gibbard collab, which happens to be on a Dentel record. The song is called The Dream of... Uh, it's two people's names. Oh, my God. The Dream... Uh, 
uh, this is the dream of Evan and Chan is the name of the song. Mm. Um, and I went back and listened to that song. It's a song I was definitely familiar with because uh, this Dental record with the ambulance on it was the one that I listened to probably the most. Um, and I was familiar with the song, obviously, but I don't see any similarities between this and Natural Anthem at all. I think this is uh, kind of a great example of a band becoming so popular and so cool and so revered that listeners are just trying to find meaning in fucking their pencil shavings even. So it's just not, it's not happening queen, but go off if you are a conspiracy theorist and you can prove me wrong and that these two songs are linked. Okay. I don't know what else to say. (laughs) (laughs) You want to do final verdict? Uh, yeah. Okay. I feel like I know what you're going to say. Do you feel like you know what I'm going to say? No. Okay, you ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. It's fine. It's fine. It Rocks or It Sucks is produced and edited by Becca High and Carl Kuhn. It's mixed and mastered by Becca High. You can follow the pod on Instagram or Twitter at It Rocks or It Sucks. Thanks for listening and feel free to like, follow, rate, review, share, do whatever you want. Bye.